care very closely because you just spent nine months carrying it. Kind of makes sense that this. Uh, is I've heard it's be. a pain in the ass in more than one place. So, in right. more than one ass. I mean, we're of course highly qualified to talk about this topic. Yep. Anyway, I mean, I've spent a whole life raising kids. I don't know about you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have not. I know. <laughs> Actual garbage. Actual garbage. Actual garbage. Siblings. Uh, I, I did say I don't know about you, but I guess that was a bit of a lie. Yeah, just me a trying little bit not of a to be lie. Arrogant. There's no need for that here. We're among I, friends and another hundred other people that I, I still don't know the names of. I guess but. I have a, a problem with that. I'm, I'm not a fan of the arrogance, but I guess it's right. cool. We can try I'm not it. a fan of the arrogance. It's just that when we're in a position, as long as we're laughing about it, I don't care. Mm. It's, it's fair. It, because right. it's going to, the, the problem is that you can't ignore it. You have to at least deal with it. And as long as everyone is aware of it, as long as it's not being used as a weapon, I'm okay with it being cognizant in that way. I'm okay with Mitchell claiming that he's the best employee at his company. Mm -hmm. Because as long as he understands where that goes, and everyone at the table does as well, everyone's not like, when Mitchell said that, it got a laugh. Everyone didn't go, oh, wow, that's really impressive. Like, <laughs> that's not the, that's, the arrogance is supposed to beget for in ordinary conversations, arrogance begets some form of prestige right. that it does not here. Okay, no, because <laughs> we understand that we're all full of shit at least a little bit when it comes to this stuff. Okay, that's make good. That's bold, you make bold claims and then we try to make you back off. Right, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You kind of pull that, it back there, guy. You kind of you kind of hope that people know what they're talking about, but then you call them out when they they obviously don't. Yeah, no, that's you, right. you make it around. You stab and then you very slowly pull the knife back out. <laughs> right, right. Hey everybody, this is the actual garbage podcast. This is episode eight. Uh, my name is David Paddock. I uh, I still do all the things I was doing before, which I still haven't told you about, but I'm not gonna give myself five seconds. Instead, to my left or is no table, one depending on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna get to that. All right, that's and weird. then to the left of no one of the potential person. Thanks a lot, Mitchell. Javier Remy is here. Hi, folks. Hav, uh, who are you? Uh, I'm Javier. I'm a close friend of David. Uh, I lived with him in college for a few years. Hung out with him in high school for, I guess, less probably. And I don't know. I'm a general employee. Kind of the uh, <laughs> token minority today. I'll, I'll run with that. I was going to okay say, you are the closest thing I, uh, I, I like to... I would like to thank you for being the closest thing to an ethnicity that has been on this podcast so I far. like to think that my ethnicity it has a lot to do with my upbringing, so I, I do believe it does mix that's usually what makes, that, you know. yeah, That's usually what determines your ethnicity. But yeah, I've, I've, heard, I've heard it's genetic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into that in a different podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, and to his left, Dylan George. Having a brisk drink. How brisk? Uh, like 4%, 5%? Or? What are we talking? Just, uh, it's... It's a draft beer. It's probably five. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. Take I it. mean, I guess it is seven on Saturday. Take That's it acceptable. Easy. Yeah. All right. And to his left, I already introduced myself. So the topic for today um, is Dota. Um, Excellent. Fucking fine. I need to know. I'll see you guys later. I need to know what's going on. 
with Dota. We'll get into that later, I'm sure. It will uh -huh. bleed in. And Well, uh, now that you've, you know, punctured that, like, the, the water's going to seep through the boat now on that one. All right, well, fuck it then. Uh, Hob, why do you like Dota? I don't like Dota. It's Excellent. A terrible game. Dylan, why do you like Dota? 6.85 is trash, and... Uh, I don't know, it has local chat. I can treat it like Craigslist now. Excellent. Siblings, Hav, you got to pick the topic for I this did. week, and I will give you the honor of introing it in whatever way you see fit. All right. Uh, David had a nice list of topics to talk about, and one of them was siblings, and I thought that this is one of the things that I, I think influenced me a lot growing up and in general, so I thought I'd be able to talk about it from a pretty you know, relevantly experienced perspective. And it's it's really just kind of the effect that siblings have on you, the effect you feel you have on siblings over the stages of life. Like, obviously, we're, what, mid-20s. We haven't gotten to the upper 40s where we talk about stuff that we're all on the same level at. Yeah, but siblings. we don't have a good old days yet. Yeah, exactly. At least as far as we are now, we, we, ha we have siblings, and we have them for different reasons, and we talk to them for different reasons, and we have particular relationships with them. And that's, of course, an evolving relationship. But there are certain tenets that do remain... Uh, throughout the whole relationship. And I figured we'd be talking about that today. Cool. Okay. And I think the easiest way to get that started, uh, and I will start with you on this and we'll go around the table, who are your siblings? I have an older sister. She is a year and a half older than I am. Her name is Ursula. She has two kids. She's doing, she works full-time at a law office and she's pursuing a law degree right now. I don't know when she sleeps. I was really hoping you were going to go, two kids, eight legs. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Sultry voice, two eels. <laughs> and I have a young brother who's uh, nine years younger than I am, and his name is Alberto. He is a student at local high school. Holy He's shit, going... he really is that much younger than you, yeah. isn't he? Yep. Wow, okay. He's got a fun little dynamic of my brother being nine years younger, then yeah. my nephew being eight months, eight years younger, and then my other nephew being seven years younger. It's kind of fun. Yeah. But those are my siblings. How about you, Dylan? I have an older brother who is teaching, I believe, some type of chemistry in Taiwan right now. He started out doing English and Solid. stepping it up. Uh, and then a younger brother who does uh, football over at Warner College. He's a kicker over at the Warner football team. And uh, How much yeah, older, how much younger? Uh, a solid year and a half split between each of us. Okay. I got 25, me 23, and then uh, I think, I guess he's like 20, I guess, right now. Could you know. take him to the bar at least? No, not yet. All right, so there's no close. Close. It's Real a little close. more than a year and a half. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. David, your siblings? Uh, my siblings, I have, uh, what is it? I have two daughters and a son. No, I don't. I have one sister and two brothers. I, I was mathematically and qualitatively wrong on that. <laughs> yeah. um, I have an older sister. I think she's somewhere around nine years older than I am. Uh, really? Her name is Nicole. She is the co-founder of the Responsible Herpeticulturalist, or TR Herp. Uh, which is basically a uh, reptile haven and celery, depending on what season it happens yep. to be. Uh, she is the natural rebel of the family and uh, tends to be a centerpiece of conversation for that reason. She is the one woman in your family, the one of your siblings, at least. Would you well, consider yeah. her your anti-mom? Um, <laughs> my mom would consider her her <laughs> anti-mom. I have an older brother who's probably five years older than I am named Patrick. He is a choir director in Las Vegas right now, and he is probably the most connected Catholic that does not wear robes to work. And I have a younger brother named Jacob who is currently doing, he is living the dream that I was going to live doing high volume AC work in California. And um, How much younger? Uh, two and a half years. He's my age. Right. 
Well, that's figure oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I get <laughs> that. It never it never came up because Jacob's not Jacob's not around. Yeah. I know Dylan through Jacob. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I figure for the sake of the listeners, we, we kind of established how much older and younger our siblings are. I know yeah, how that old makes Jacob it. is. But. Well, and Dylan, I mean, for establishing, yeah, is right. two and a half years younger than we are. Right, right. Somewhere yeah. around there. The baby. The baby. Oh, can that be my radio name? What? We got old man Rylan and the baby? <laughs> what? I was thinking baby George. But yeah! <laughs> All right, I'm feeling baby it. George. That's good. Okay. We got baby George and old man Riley. That's fine. Excellent. All right. Um, which direction do we want to take this? Because I think there are a lot. We can go history. I we like can chronologically. Go... Okay. I think that's the best place to start. From the beginning. Yeah. How cliche. Well, I don't like working backwards. Yeah. I feel like I don't get to where I'm going if I go backwards. Well, more importantly, what do we want to get out of this conversation? Um, I feel like that's... A deep we... connection to our families. I think things. it's like extrapolating the different uh, types of relationships you can have with siblings. I know, again, depending okay. on your culture, your siblings may mean more or less to you from a... All right, you that's know, a good, proximal perspective. Or that's not. a good starting point. Uh, how do you feel like culturally and ethnically, uh, your family? You feel your family might differ from any, uh, others. Okay, um, from a normal family, <laughs> right? Uh, well, again, you to heard state, me stumbling. My name is Javier, so uh, I am. I have Hispanic heritage. I was actually born in Peru, but moved here when I was irrelevantly young. Um, so I've grown up in the United States, but I do have that pretty strong uh, ethnic background. Considering my both my parents were born and raised in Peru. But Do your parents speak English as a first, second, or third language? Second language. Okay. Yeah. Both of them? Yes. Okay. Uh, my dad speaks slightly better English because he had to spend more time in the hospital dealing with patients, but yeah. that's what it is. Um, but you can still tell that they have like really minor accents and really minor quirks when they speak. Yeah. No, they're, they're both perfectly... They're both perfectly... <laughs> they are unlike me. They are both perfectly capable of speaking English. It's not like it's not like they it's not like they communicate in Spanish or whatever Peruvian is it Portuguese. It's Spanish. It Brazil is, is Spanish. the only Portuguese okay. other right. than like Suriname and Guyana in the northeast right. of this. South I should America. know that, but I don't. It's so unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Especially given that I've known you for ten years. <laughs> <Yeah>. But, <laughs> um, but uh, given that Hispanic background, uh, family is the most important. Uh, cultural value in in oh. Spanish. My mother always says la familia es la familia es la familia. You know, your family is your family is your family and that's the bottom line. That's the most important thing you'll ever do and that's the most important thing you can do. And I know it's kind of like an ultimate thing to say, but it's like you always have to have their backs regardless of your or their situations. And you more than virtually anyone else I know as a friend do seem to take that to heart. So. Right, I do. I, I'm really upset when I haven't when I don't see my sister for longer than about two weeks. I'm upset when I don't see my brother for longer than about a week. Fortunately, we all live in the same city now. When I, I was, was, was going to say that. Yeah, when that, I was in Gainesville, I would come back every other weekend to visit my brother, my sister, my nephew, and I would barely even tell my friends I was here. <laughs> I, I didn't care. I wasn't going to hang out with them. I was going to be here for two and a half days, and I had no interest in seeing most of them. I wanted to see my brothers. I wanted to see my sister. I wanted to see my nephew. So, so, D- so Dylan, in the normal family unit, do you give a, <laughs> do you give a fuck about either of your brothers? Um, just because we're so different, and... Um, uh, my older brother was uh, diagnosed, I guess you could say, with a narcissistic personality disorder, and uh, my younger who diagnosed him, you, no, Mom, psychiatrist. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, yes. Um, that <laughs> was, was it. A, was it pretty obvious? Informally, at it first, was official, uh, okay. officialized by yeah. a psychiatrist. Um, I would like to clarify, for Dylan's brother's sake, the clinical definition of narcissistic personality disorder has much more to do with an obsession over self-worth rather than an inflated ego. People who are narcissistic feel a constant 
deflated self-worth that they need to compensate for by increasing the importance of what they do. And that does lead to the estrangement of friends and family, but it's not that they think those people are lower than them, it's that they can't focus on them because they live in constant fear that they themselves are worthless. And I don't want that to be like a negative marker towards who he is, but it did influence a lot of how our family interprets him. Um, I guess, I don't know, I've always envisioned in, I was about to say traditional, but that that's hopping on your boat. <laughs> In a, oh yeah, my <laughs> boat. Like I started this. <laughs> in the white American family household, I've noticed family is way less emphasized. Um, the, I mean, the whole American dream is individuality, and I had this discussion with some friends just yesterday. Actually, oh, it was really? kind of fun. Yeah, about yeah. the most important cultural value in the United States is freedom. Being and I know that sounds cliche. It's, it's about the lone wolf success. Yeah, it's determination. Being independent. Yeah. Um, the first thing you want your kids to do is to make it on their own. Yeah, I mean, and you can see that in. <laughs> Mom, Facebook jokes, how long until the kid's out of the house? Yeah, it's, absolutely, it's, all the time. And it's just, it's something that I've never been able to really And failure to launch became a trope of our generation. Yeah. yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, I was doing caricatures at a kid's night in a Chick-fil-A, and I heard a mother talking about she wishes her kid were self-sufficient at the age of two. Like, he's good enough to be out on the streets by himself. <laughs> like... Like, well, I mean, a, you know, dogs do it in like four months. Why yeah, does it take humans so long? Place. He can walk now. Yeah. He can walk right out of this fucking house. Is where he can walk. Yeah, yeah, I think that might have been something she said. Like, uh, yeah, this whole mentality of individuality and uh, you know, ha having the child launch as a success, um, and then based off of that success, being able to come back and help the family. Um, right. There's there's not that much of a long-lasting solidarity. Maybe a situational one, where like, hey, I need to help. I need help. You're the only one I can go to because you're my brother. It's more of a pre-established it's, it's connection. It's leverage. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> more like it is. It, it is yeah. a pretty important dynamic. I think we'll go pretty deep into that one later. I mean, I feel sort of the same way to some extent. I. I mean, I don't know. We we haven't specifically addressed parents, which makes sense because it's not the topic. But I feel like my siblings are basically, while I was growing up, and even to some extent now, we were basically roommates. Mm -hmm. and that's that's about yeah, the extent that's... of the con you know. You bump into them, you're like, "How's it going?" Or more yeah. likely, you're just you just happen to pass each other by in the hallway, and other stuff's going on. I mean, I know relatively little. My sister's been on the road. She may be on this podcast at some point for the same excuse that my dad was on the podcast. She want to get to know him, really. She spent a lot... Yeah, well, I, I don't know anything. I spent a handful of days with her. Um, we went to see a UFC fight in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. and that was the longest time... Like, this was a couple months ago. That was the longest time she and I had spent in the same place ever. Just period. Well, as as like, remember. that was... Yeah, no, no I'm... Period. My memory, oh, wow, my memory sucks. I am confident that this is the case. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, I I mean, I, I only learned as much as I could while we were both largely intoxicated walking down the strip right. looking for dumb things to do. But uh, it was a lot of fun. Like, I'm not opposed... I'm not opposed to family. <laughs> it's just that it was never a mantra in the house. The only person who was pushing family that hard was my mom. Mm -hmm. Because as the mother, that was her job. Even my dad wasn't necessarily doing that, but that's because my family, um, I don't think this is specifically because they're conservative, but it did work out this way. We had an extraordinarily, at least on paper, traditional family where my dad was the breadwinner who didn't even come home necessarily on after 
uh, after work because he was off on business trips. I saw him on weekends, mm -hmm. and my mom was the stay-at-home. I think she prefers the term homemaker as opposed to I've housewife. heard the term in-home executive before. I like that. that very formal. That's horrible. That That is so cold. My <laughs> mom would not accept that. <laughs> no, I, I had a similar yeah, reaction. My word, my word choice would have been uh, heartwarming home taker. Like, home taker? Home, yeah, she's uh, taking care of the home. Oh, okay. She takes the home. Home Under her tear wind. taker of her. Or <laughs> home some. caretaker? Yeah, there we go. Quicker picker upper. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and not to specifically capitalize on talking about my sister, I mean, the same kind of aloofness applied to both of my brothers as well. My little brother less than my older brother. My older brother was older enough, and if you know me, it may seem weird to say that Patrick's the weird one in my family, but he's the only social butterfly in my nuclear family going through basically every generation I can think of. So he ends up being the odd one <laughs> of all things. Well, this is the, uh, the situation where your sister works with reptiles, your brother works with vacuum, with, I'm um, sorry, with ACs, and your older brother works with a choir. Yeah, <laughs> so no, it, it is literally just one of these jobs you have to deal with more people at a time. It's almost weird, too, because talking to him, like, he's really soft-spoken. He, he talks really peacefully. That's because you haven't met him very much. He's actually uh, very loud. Oh, really? Most he gets into it? He laughs. He laughs pretty loud. He's, uh, he's gregarious. In a word, it's well, it's why he. I mean, he likes he likes mingling with people. He's the one who knows what's going on in our family. He <laughs> would be he would be the one that fits into Hobbs' model perfectly because my brother will call the second anything oh, happens. God, yeah. He's the one who knows. He's the one who calls everyone. He keeps us. He's the connector right. in our family. Um, but my little brother, and to some extent, even my little brother, that aloofness still exists. Like I, he moved to California. And I haven't talked to him in, like, a month. Oh, yeah. Jacob is fantastic at not giving a shit. He does it the best I know. Like. <laughs> uh, Jacob, yeah, Jacob can be committed, uh, but the level of that commission and uh, what it is about is entirely up in the air at any given time. Uh, no, like it's up I, to him. Like, the only reason, I'm, I'm pretty sure the reason we relate is entirely a proximity thing, both that we were... Uh, dorm roommates effectively in the house for a long time mm. and that we are the closest in age so we tend to like the same th the same generation of stuff right we at least have that you know we have i don't gabe newell come after us if we talk too much in specifics but we have three steam accounts and we just <laughs> we put random games on them and share them but this was before the sharing policies so we that's asked why you needed three accounts. yeah that's why we needed well three actually accounts. that's actually a pretty fun dynamic i hadn't thought of that like sharing a room even is a pretty important thing that some siblings have had the chance to do and some of them haven't and how do you think that might affect a relationship between students. I shared room with my students. Sorry, I've been doing a lot of classwork. Yeah. <laughs> relationship between, between siblings. Uh, I think I shared a, a room with my sister for six, seven years. And I think we got a lot of closeness from that just because yeah, literally absolutely. the first person I saw when I woke up and before yeah. I went to bed, it was just you, it's just you had to be with these people. Yeah, you had to be in the room. Yeah, what, what's that difference like? That, that's weird though because my older brother, be, being the oldest and um, <laughs> I'm trying to look for a word that doesn't make him sound too bad, but uh, disheartening to be around. Um, me and my little brother shared a room the most often, mm -hmm. and uh, we're not any closer. Our interests basically, all three of our interests, I mean, we have science, art, and sports. sports right. I mean, we cover all bases, and none, <laughs> of us, none of us really 
There's not a lot of overlap. There's not a whole lot of overlap. I mean, video games is like the closest thing. But that's like television, frankly. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like a show that you like. I mean, yeah, we'd all watch The Walking Dead or whatever, but... But how did you end up all filling those different niches? Uh, Well, I would almost compare it to um, the empty uh, empty fridge syndrome. The th- you wind up eating the thing that the others don't. Um, you know, he's got the science down. Anything that comes into this house, science, that's going to be his. I'll take this thing. That seems You just so, take what's left over, you know? That, that seems so undeterministic, though. That doesn't, that doesn't seem to conform to the model of you doing you the way that I would assume. I mean, it would make sense in Hobbes' family, I could see that, where everyone takes a role because it needs to be part of the constellation of the family. Yeah. I would almost understand it. I mean, did that happen in your case? In what sense? In the sense that you picked what you picked because it's what the family was lacking. I mean, that seems like what Dylan's family I ended up doing. I don't think so. I think it actually was the opposite. We ended up just doing the things that ended up see, seeing being better suited for what we wanted to do. Like... To be honest, we all started off wanting to be doctors like my dad was. <laughs> the dream slowly died for me and my sister. My brother's still holding on. My sister, ironically, is taking the bar in February, and I want to be a teacher. <laughs> but it was just a matter of, I don't know, it was... We kind of figured out roughly what we liked, and I guess college was a pretty good solidifying experience in that for all of us. and We were able to better explore the stuff we were interested in. You know, I was kind of interested in this, but realized, you know, either for my sister wasn't going to pay the bills. And for me, I wasn't going to be able to follow another two years of it. Um, Doing what? I started uh, as a physics major at UF, but I did not think I was going to be able to finish two more years. It is insanely difficult. And I used to be good at math and physics. But by the time you get when your mechanics teacher, when your mechanics teacher uses the phrase brute force calculus, you know, you don't want to take mechanics, too. For what it's worth, that's pretty much the exact storyline that mine follows. Oh, like, yeah, it's yeah. so brutal. And then I ended up just going, I ended up getting a degree in linguistics, which is kind of one of those PhD or bust models. But um, it is something that I really liked and I really appreciated. And similarly, I got a, an education minor um, right before I graduated. And I'm pursuing a master's in education now because it seemed like something that when I put all the pieces together, this is kind of what I liked. Every time I'd go to a class, since I was like, I remember having these thoughts in the shower when I was nine. I like the way the teacher taught this. Or I don't <laughs> like the way the teacher taught this. This is how I would do it better. Yeah. And it was just kind of, it's just slowly manifested, I believe. And then for my brother, I'm hoping he persists in doing what he wants or find something else he likes more. And I, I don't think it was one of those matters. It was just something that we happen to enjoy doing it. it. It followed in that manner. Do you think your brother does that at doctor's offices? Maybe it's like, man, I like the way the doctor did that. Or I like, I probably could have done that surgery a little better or washed his hands. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it's quite that situation. There's not a lot of... Uh, mine is the Was only... he in a lot of doctor's offices? Well, no, just... but like similarly, my sister wasn't in a lot of lawyer's offices. She just happened to enjoy politics and law. There you go. And it just ended up going in that direction. It just happened to be the thing that they liked the most. I was in a lot of psychology. Uh, I was I was in a lot of psychiatric, not wards. That's the wrong word. I was in a lot of psychiatric wards because I'm not going to think of the right <laughs> word offices, for it. Frankie, offices, Frankie. Psychologist offices. Yeah, no, psychiatrist offices. Yeah. Couches I, even. I was wards being prescribed a lot of you. pills. So my interest in psychology made some sense going right. into it, even if I didn't specialize in it until later, and then eschewed it completely for my de- or my actual Career. employment. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, I still follow the hand-me-down tactic of interests. My older brother did, um, he did art and science, and then kind of waned in the drawing aspect. 
So there's a bunch of, you know, stuff to draw with around, and I picked that up. And, of course, every kid is, you know, encouraged to do athletic stuff. We had rollerblades. Uh, I played rugby when I was in elementary school. Um, and then we just lost interest in that, and all of that stuff was still around. So I guess my little brother picked up on it a bit stronger than we did. Right, um, kept with it. There's, yeah, we just have this buildup and then loss of interest, and then that's for the next person to pick up. That, yeah, and there's there's a crazy amount of chronology to that. Yeah. Because it is your brother, your brother sort of determined your path by leaving that in his wake, and then you left that in your yeah. wake, and God, that's that's yes. really weird. That's a really <clears throat> weird dynamic. I never really thought about it until talking about it out loud. Because um, again, I probably don't think about my brothers very much. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm this. I'm trying to rack my brain to see if there's any way in hell that's possibly what happened in my family, but I don't think we're close enough in age. Your family is. Yeah, that's the other thing. We're pretty close in age. Can yeah, you, you can pick up the baton from them yeah, super yeah. easy. Can I ask what that difference is? You said your sister is about nine years older. Somewhere and, around there. And Jacob is like two and a half years younger. So yep. there's, there's roughly a, what, 12-year difference there? 12 to 13. All right. So the, the amount of... I may of be completely nice. wrong. My mom can fix that for us Ish, in post. Well, you know, edits later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's mom, somewhere around mom 13 post. years. Um, all right, so yeah, it, that that is that is very different because like your brother didn't have a whole lot of cues to take from like seeing your sister do this, that, and the other thing because when she was you know sixteen is when he really started forming his first memories, like around yeah. three or four. So and she was practically gone by then. Right. Yeah, she <laughs> so. was doing the independent thing or yep. as close as she could at the time. Picking up doing taxes as a four-year-old. That's how you get you know tax attorneys. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, though a fun thing you mentioned again uh, with your sister was that your most recent experience was, for you know any amount of time, was very recently. Yep. I thought one of the things that I thought made sibling connections very similar is, did you take family vacations? Did you yes. guys go places together? Because I always thought that that was a really, again, like cementing point in the relationship is that on a vacation, Forced your parents want to... Yeah, but not even in a bad way. Like, your parents want to see this monument and that monument. And if you're not totally interested in it, like, you and your siblings find games to play. You find something to do. And it's always that person who you know every single vacation, whether you go into the Grand Canyon or the Louvre, you're going to be able to spend time with this person. And he'll be a competitive asshole and make me not want to play anymore. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Again, that's another uh, disconnect in yeah. our upbringings because it was a little different for me. Yeah. Well, you didn't have an older brother lording over you, um, which my little brother did, um, <laughs> which I'm sure was not fun. But the uh, no, our our family vacation tended to be going to Las Vegas. Uh, my grandparents have lived there pretty much my whole life, and we would go there for a month during the summer. Right. And the problem is that uh, up until the point where we stopped doing that, which was a it was a bunch of years ago now. The experience of Las Vegas is varied by age, let's say. Um, right. The only two people, the only person, no, not even two people, the only person I really did anything with was Jacob. Because right. Jacob was the only person close enough in age to want to do the same things that I wanted to do. Mm. We were on our own island while everyone else was doing whatever, you know. Vegas things. ripped. Patrick actually liked, well, he, Patrick couldn't drink, but he at least liked talking to people. Yeah. Jacob and I had no such interest. <laughs> yeah. There was a place, I'm going to forget its name, but there was a... Um, there was basically the equivalent of a Chuck E. Cheese playground at one of the... Discovery at one of, Zone. 
It's some, it's yeah. exactly like that yeah, uh, yeah, in yeah. Las Vegas, or at mm. least there was. I'm sure it's been torn <clears throat> down and turned into something horrible in 21 only. An actual Chuck E. Cheese. Well, yeah. 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 yeah, but the... Um, Musters, I guess, would be the adult... Yeah. The adult version? Yeah. No, no, it'd be a lot harder than that. I'm thinking uh, tri- oh, okay. Treasure Island into T.I. Yeah. The Vegas goes in cycles. It goes between being family-friendly and extremely 21-only. <laughs> uh, it ebbs and flows. Uh, but Very uh, suicidal. But that's, that's all we did. We just played video games and ran around in ball pits and stuff in Las Vegas for... A month, and granted, we got a lot of piano practice while we were there because my my <laughs> grandma had really good at pool now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Oh well, yeah, and yeah. she had a pool table too. But um, now that was it, our experience together, and I, even in the way I just said it, I just dissociated my whole family from that vacation because they basically weren't there. Right. Like we visited. You know, I had fun with the grandparents and we would do the things that kids do with grandparents. Right. We'd like put puzzles together and swimming Baking, pools. You know, and yeah, we do all that stuff. stuff. But the experience was dominated by Jacob and I. Right. In the vacation thing. And the only other vacations that I'm vaguely remembering, and granted, I don't want my parents to hear this and think that this was all for nothing. This is partially my memory and I'm sure other people actually remember this better, like Jacob, even though he was younger. You know, we, we went on an RV trip at one point, and we've gone skiing several times. But um, that's, you know, that's all. <laughs> and it didn't it didn't make the bond that you're talking about, at least not for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, the way it, you make it sound is there's no long-lasting resentment. <laughs> no. Amongst, yeah. No, I, I still talk to my brother all the time about whatever's going on in his life and whatever's I'm, going on in my life. There are things that I feel like in me and David's family, if we brought up, could start a problem. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that's stronger on your side of the fence than mine. I mean, my mom and my sister quibble quite a bit, but for the most part, it's a how you doing relationship in my family Mm -hmm. between all the members. I don't, I mean, I bear no bad blood with any of my relatives that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. And we dissociated from the ones that were going to do that a long, long time ago. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> we, we solved that problem in advance. Yeah, right? and I, I don't know if um, we don't have that happen because we know not to mention it, but or that we just are tired of it. Um, but yeah, we've we've had huge family disputes, <clears throat> um, primarily on my mother's side. We moved down here to be with my mother's side of the family, mm-hmm. um, our late grandmother who uh, had lived with us and uh, her two sisters. We have a weird set of threes going on. My dad comes from three brothers, whose dad came from three brothers. My mother is of three sisters, who all have three siblings. Um, is it a curse? N- uh, no, it's just... Are you to blame? Do you have to be sacrificed? No, no, no. No, it's okay. Huh? As the middle child of three? As the middle child of three. Uh, Do you have yeah. to lock arms with no. them and fall into a pit to no, stop it's, the cycle? No, it's just an Illuminati This is a funny thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a funny observation. Um, yeah, it's just a weird little quirk that we have. And they're always within a close proximity of one another. We always have, like, three-round bursts of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm totally unfamiliar just with... imagining someone with a gun. <laughs> doop, doop, doop. Baby, baby, baby. <laughs> baby, baby, baby. Um, Generation. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, just uh, hearing that you guys... I mean, you talk about them fondly, and when I talk about my brothers, I talk about having them. 
<laughs> that's, you know, that's that's really upsetting to hear from my part because I yeah I feel kind of bad. That's it's a pretty cool relationship to have, and and part of it is like, I don't know. We can even move on to the to the, the further topic. It's like, do you ever feel like you owe anything to each other, or even not if you owe anything, but would you go help your siblings in situations? Like I I, I know for for sure I would. Uh, there was a situation where I was having a birthday party at my house. My sister called me and she's like, Hey, there's a snake in my boot. <laughs> in my washing machine and I just like got up and left. I was like, hey guys, I'll be back as soon as this is done. Like, That's enough of a story I think I would have got up and said something at least. Yeah, but it was it was I, I barely even explained myself. I'm like, hey guys, I'll be back when I can. Like my sister needs me right now. It's just there's no there's no question. Unless with with like I guess it's it's a little bit different depending on the situation. Like if I have plans and my sister kinda wants to go out and do something and needs a babysitter, then you know, I will negotiate for it. But if I don't have plans like three weeks in advance and she asks me, I'm like, yeah, I, I, t- I totally don't mind setting aside my weekend to, to hang out with your kids. Or the same thing with my brother. You know, mom's going to be out of town doing doing this thing and he wants to play D&D with his friends. And his his friend's parents don't want a bunch of teenagers hanging out with a kid with no supervision. So I was like, yeah, I'll spend my afternoon just, you know, sleeping on the couch. It's not it's no loss to me. Mm. It's not, I don't feel like I they're going to owe me anything for doing that. It's just what's supposed to happen. No one in my family would make a request of me or anyone else. Like, I would never make a request of my brother or my any of my other siblings. You, is it because you think they would turn you down or just because... No, no it just doesn't occur to me. They're roommates. <laughs> right. Okay. Our blood does not run a whole lot thicker than water. Okay. Like, it's not, it's not like I wouldn't come to their aid. And I think at least part of this, again, is... I think this is a family values as it relates to politics thing. I think this is almost a conservative household issue mm. where we have a degree of self-sufficiency where we feel like we have to demonstrate mm-hmm. that we can hack it. And the easiest way to do that is to never ask for advice. <laughs> um, okay. Or not, it, is to never ask for help. Yeah. Right. It's to never need help. Yeah. And my family uh, will request help, um, but uh, any obligation that we feel towards them is mostly, just shut up, oh my god. <laughs> Like, <laughs> clean the floor. Like, we just bug each other enough to where we finally break and go, Jesus Christ, I just want you to stop talking. Uh, that's that's basically how anything gets done. Your parents don't listen to this podcast, right? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want them to. I want yeah, no, to. I'm, I'm going to recommend it for them still. I mean, but, yeah, no, that's... 102. <laughs> we fucking broke 100. Woo! And I still only know one. I know one subscriber. You subscribed? Yeah. Oh, my, two my subscribers. <laughs> Doubled. Do you own a hundred iPhones? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find. No, no, the rest no, of never mind. They're not close. I gotta find the rest of them. But yeah, no, we will help each other, but not out of obligation, but mostly out of um, a desire to be left alone. <laughs> uh, I don't know. My older brother has had uh, swings of uh involvement with family spending a lot of time uh time in taiwan he's seen right 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 yeah the he's seen some shit man well yeah. being abroad it's just difficult to be here for situations uh, for birthdays and christmas it's just yeah. well no but uh and because of that he's felt you know he has to double down he sees families in taiwan where you know government's big brother watching over you but your family is literally the only friends you have if you, if you don't have your family helping you, you are completely alone in a situation that is bound to fuck you over. Right. Um, you know, everybody he sees uh, operate on family. And that's made him super homesick and super upset that he's, you know, missing time with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been Skyping him often. 
It's good. Aww. But uh, yeah, I mean, I miss him, but I don't know what I would do if he were here. Like, we don't have similar interests anymore. There's no like closer to reconnect kind of thing. It's kind of like if it happens, it'd be cool. Yeah, but no. it's not like like a real driving force. And even even the the normal like bridge that is video games, um, he. <laughs> Swore off of them after accidentally deleting his save file in Armor Core 3 to make me one um, because he just had the muscle memory of saving over a certain file mm -hmm. that was his. <clears throat> he was like, all right, and then I'll just make you the save file. And then he instinctively does it and realized that he just wiped his save in place of my new one. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen him touch either a computer game or <laughs> a console game since. He moved to Taiwan. Yeah, I changed mean, his name. <laughs> Oh, that no. This is this is. I mean, early two thousands. Like it was a long time ago. And my little brother plays sports games, which, you know, are just <laughs> are just virtual versions of what he would be doing otherwise. Right, right. So talking real sports, Hob, you were not pushed into sports um, of any kind, at least from what I saw. Not not when I was here. I remember I did. Um, <laughs> The only thing there is to do in Peru is play soccer. I wish that yes. was an exaggeration, but it's not. Um, <laughs> no, you, in, 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 correction, in South America. Yeah, in South America, <laughs> you either play soccer or you're paraplegic. Um, that's the options for, for young boys. Um, I, de I definitely remember playing a couple years in soccer when I was in like fifth and sixth grade. I was in a YMCA Ooh, league. Uh, tried out in middle school, but couldn't. When did you move to the U.S. of A? I was a year old. It okay. was like a week after my birthday. Okay. And I moved to... Limited experience. To New York, yeah. Okay. Um, I did um, karate for three years when we were when we lived in Pennsylvania. Uh, but when we moved to Texas, I was started another karate school, and I was told that I needed to start at White Belt. And I was like, I just spent three years doing this. I'm not going to learn to punch again. So I dropped it. Um, so that, that I really enjoyed. I thought karate was pretty fun. And I think my, my parents liked me doing it because it was something to do, and it's got the whole discipline. Did aspect. any of the rest of your siblings do it? Not karate, no. Um, my so brother. Why are you so special? I don't know. Just something that I wanted to do. I was the only one in my family who didn't do karate. I don't remember what oh, my siblings that's... did. My brother did swim for a couple of years. Yeah, I don't remember what my sister did. So, no specific emphasis on any particular sport once you left the black hole of soccer? No, yeah. I mean, I tried it every once in a while because it was fun. I happened to be better at it than most of my friends were. As. as you know, being from Peru. Right, yeah. yeah. It's like the only game that we play. We As racism would dictate. Well, it's the family vacation thing. Uh, about once a year until about, you know, when I was 13 or so, we would go to Peru. And whenever I'd hang really? out with my cousins, we'd just play soccer in the yard oh, okay. unless we were, like, playing tag. Like, it was, like, one of the only two games to play. So I had a handful of practice playing the game. That's actually... Cousins is a weird dynamic that I don't have. I effectively have... I effectively have one. I have Justin. There are two. There are two others. There's Dane and Cheyenne. But I, I don't see Justin at all. Mm -hmm. I extra don't see any of the rest of them. Um, so I don't have. I don't have the once removed effect. I basically our family has stuck to the nuclear side of things mm -hmm. for virtually all interactions. Mm -hmm. um, how how many cousins do you interact with in a year? Oh boy, much less than before. When we when I used to go to Peru, I haven't gone since I was in seventh grade, and that's its own reason. Um, but I, I probably have. They visit every once in a while. We do live in Orlando, so we have cousins visiting for theme parks, and of course we like to see them when they do. I've got I think four or five cousins that live in Tampa, so they're not too far away. 
Um, but when we used to go to Peru when I was younger, it was almost all my cousins were there, and my aunts lived within 20 minutes of each other. Are so you we, talking dozens of cousins? Yeah, there were like 20 of us total. Okay, mm. um, kind of ranging. Dozen and a half. Kind of ranging, yeah, ranging from I think my oldest cousin's a little less than 40, and my youngest cousin is maybe 22 right now. Mm. So we had a pretty big dynamic of sometimes we'd see them, and they were like the cool kids hanging out on the part of the the patio furniture, and the other kids were playing tag or soccer and then the really young cousins were like playing with cars or trains inside but we did have a lot of time that we spent together we'd always be staying at an honor uncle's house of course because why pay for a hotel when your whole family's there yeah you've got that dynamic it's not even visiting friends it's that's where the family dynamic comes into play in a lot of other families i don't think this is a specifically ethnic thing no most families are built to like when you have a house, you have a guest room because yeah. when family visits, they yeah. have to stay in the guest room. There's a cousin infrastructure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's built in. Like, yeah. yeah. At the very least, an inflatable. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. We definitely had some. Dylan, how many once-removed family members do you run into? Um, lately, none. Um, but when I was really young, when we moved up here, or down here, um, we spent a lot of time at my Aunt Sandy's, who uh, my cousins were pretty much just want to say that they're six or seven years older than us they feel like a complete they're a completely different generation in my eyes are they gen y they're gen y man all right they grew up in the 90s in a way that i couldn't have um <laughs> <That's> a... yeah <laughs> uh but yeah no we got along on a few things but it was a lot of you're the younger cousin you're getting picked on and then when my uh Dylan, do you have a positive relationship with anyone in your family? Can I can I poke at that for one the real audio quick? version of a shrug? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, my dad's really cool. Uh, like I mentioned on the last podcast, I had taken a George family reunion trip up to Illinois, and I got to meet a lot of family I'd never even seen before, um, and that was positive. I enjoyed Are that. Are you sure you mentioned that last time? I don't remember you saying that. Yeah, because one of them told me to quit freaking out over Yahtzee. Yeah, remember I remember that. that. Oh, oh, yeah. that. Okay. Are you really? Yeah, that was at a reunion. Yeah, no, that, okay. yeah that was at a reunion. Right. Um, they're pretty cool. <laughs> I just I, I like just, my dad a lot. I just had a really jarring moment that I just now remembered who his brother was. I'd met Ryan before. Yeah, you've seen Ryan. Yeah. That was just super. He jarring. was very different when you knew him. He was yeah. He was an old friend of ours when we were when we were young. But I just had that really weird. Like literally shook my head, did a double take moment when I realized that I know more. It looks like me, just slightly more bald. Yeah, exactly. It was just really funny for that brief second. Sorry, I apologize. Um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't even say it's a bad relationship. It's just kind of an absent one. I mean, I've I've always just kind of wanted to be left alone, um, mostly because of where we grew up, which was up in Ohio in the Way International, um, which was a bad time. I would say that that's actually the strongest bonding thing that me and my older brother have are the understanding of some really bad memories <laughs> up in Ohio. So where did it all go wrong, Dylan? Not to make this like a weekly segment. But... Oh, it went wrong living in Ohio. That whole time is a bad time. Okay. Um, I forgot what comic. Or no, it was a Brad Neely comic. Uh, the worst thing about a, this place is you can only kill yourself once. That's kind of how I feel about Ohio. <laughs> 
That's one of the most aggressively depressing things I've ever heard in my Ohio's life. Ohio's a bad time. More specifically, the Winter National. To be I, fair, uh, most uh, most astronauts are from Ohio. They want to get out of there so hard they leave the solar system. Yeah. Yes. Or, true facts. Orbit. Close enough. No, <laughs> I, it's, I have not talked to anyone who likes living in Ohio, and I've talked to a lot of people that have lived there. Bad time. Great it's, skies and sharp grass. At the, everybody goes there for the money. All the banks, all the, the weird little tidbit. Oh, yeah. There's more money in Ohio than in New York. Yeah, it's weird. Gross. The banks are all based there. Everywhere pays. Uh, my brother was potentially going to go to Ohio to do AC work because the base salaries there are astronomical. And I think there's a good reason. Yeah, it's a really. Sh- the people who live there are terrible. It's a bad time. Get out of there, Ray. <laughs> yeah, get out of there. So, so I did like, want to ask about, you mentioned... Move left a little bit. Go to Illinois. Illinois was a great time when I went there. <laughs> yeah, Illinois is fine. Yeah, it's it's way too fucking cold, but it's Chicago's re- fine. That's just it's kind of a really Midwest cold thing and, in yeah. general, I'm sure. That's a not Florida thing. Most places are cold. Yeah, once you <laughs> get close to the Rockies, like east or west of them, there's not a whole lot of culture, but the more square a shape is, I, I think s- Demetri Martin said. Stay way out of Colorado, yeah. I guess, then, right? It's square on the bottom. I did want to ask about. Uh, oh, no, you mentioned your experiences in Ohio is what your the the really salient bond that you have with your brother is that is that something that you've experienced, David? Like just like growing up moments that you had with your siblings, like even if you don't Trauma. remember the moment exactly, just like even if it's traumatic or otherwise, just something that you both realize you learned something, and you can't. You both like reference it even like briefly whenever you're talking about stuff like that. Oh, remember that one time? Yeah, I do. Like it might not be a fun memory, but you pretend it is because you guys are sharing it. I with would... any of your siblings. I'm not specifically sure. I mean, there's and to get this could be I, I need to do this podcast sooner than later so I can stop prefacing it. My memory is a black hole, so the right, number the number of vivid memories I've got is extremely limited. Or um, that your siblings reference with you, at least? Did I'd have to be around them and reminisce. <laughs> okay, that's fair. And the only person I've done that with recently is Nicole, and most of my conversation with Nicole was her talking about um, how much... Cool stuff she did. Um, well, it, how uninvolved I could have possibly been in any of the things she was doing. Okay. Because I was so much younger. Right, right, right. You were a decade younger. Yeah. Which, and again, that's barely an excuse, though, because you're nine years older than Alberto, and you do stuff with him all the time. My sister, to add it, is ten and a half years older than he is, and they still hang out and talk all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's barely an excuse on my part. It's just, right. and I, at the very least, you share, I mean, you share pastimes with Alberto, which may be an indoctrination thing, because you introduce him to stuff. Right. But, you know. But again, the, the counterpoint here is, of course, my sister. My sister and my brother still hang out and talk, and they don't share pastimes really at all. Sure. So, I... I know what it used to be was that um, my sister had her first son when she was 18, so she came to live with us so that we could help take care of him and her. Um, but as, you know, the two of them grew up, as Tristan and Ursula grew up, um, she kind of, like, started working and whatnot. So, you know, we would... There was a lot of interplay there. The whole the whole family was raising the my nephew. But whenever my brother would go to school, my sister worked downtown, and he went to St. James. It's a local um, Catholic school downtown. So she would drive him to school every day and pick him up every day. So that's where they had a lot of their time to talk. So that's where I think that they built a lot of their connection. I mean, for me, it was I felt a little bit bad because I was in Gainesville for four years. So I only was able to catch up with them on the weekends. And uh, with the distance between their ages, it almost sounds like... It's not your, as adversarial. 
It's not as adversarial. It's almost as though the older siblings know to take a parental role with the younger siblings. Oh yeah, I had this. I, I'll never that forget doesn't this, exist in our family. This conversation Mine that I had with Ben. Yeah. It was super brief, but I was mentioning uh, something that I was doing, and I thought, man, I'm such a terrible influence on my brother. Like it wasn't even something big, but Ben's like, that's not your responsibility. Yeah. And I just looked at him like he was speaking German. Like, yeah, of course it is. Like, thought, why am I going to be a, a bad influence on my brother? Like, I, I don't want to do that. That's not fair to him. and It's not fair to me. I don't want to look at myself like that. Did you view yourself as, like, a fatherly figure? Not like, at all. Not fatherly. Like, I, I am just... the older family. Or just, I am the older family member. And Yeah, for sure. We definitely okay. had that. I think that's that's a dynamic I thought I'd be expressing more in this huh. particular podcast. <laughs> was kind of like the teacher perspective younger siblings asking their older siblings about something that they don't understand in school or with friends or with people. And the older sibling, whether it be cynical or not because they've experienced the situation in a positive or negative manner, telling them, you know, this is what it was like for me and this is what you can do to potentially make it better for you. And it's sometimes unfortunate. My brother went through a crappy situation once and I thought the best advice I can unfortunately give you is that it's going to suck really bad for a long time. But trust me, in the end, it gets better. I know you don't want to hear that because right now is awful. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it's that little bit of, it's like non-judgmental questions. Like you can't, there's questions that you can't ask. Some people feel like they can't ask their peers because it's like, oh, I don't want this person to know that I don't know this. So you can't ask any of your friends, but you ask your siblings because it doesn't matter if they judge you. You guys are going to see each other the next day tomorrow anyway. And they even judge if... the shit out of you the next day. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> Indefinite like, To you, there's nothing you can do about that. Like, you can hide that stuff from your your your, um, your classmates because you only see them, what, seven, eight hours a day. Whereas your siblings, you're going to run into at least a fight for the bathroom a couple times mm. over the course of your life. So, like, I feel like there's a certain, like, almost relinquishing control of the fact that you're going to be judged by your siblings because you don't care anymore. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm. So I, I feel like that that teaching perspective is, I thought was a pretty cool dynamic that I had with my siblings. I would ask my sister about stuff or she would ask my brother about how his uh, how his relationships and his friends were going, how school was going, because that school wasn't, wasn't great to him the whole time. Um, but I thought that was a cool... An interesting idea. I don't know if you had that experience with your brother. I don't know how you talked about, how often you talked about your day, just like, hey, what did you do when you had this particular assignment, or this teacher, or this kid was doing this thing? Like, how'd that work? I feel like the way my brother's personality worked may have influenced that a lot. Um, he, he informed a lot of how I behave because of how he behaved. Mm -hmm. uh, my brother has, you know how people say they have a filter, mm -hmm. um, or man, if I talk to the way I talked to myself in right. my head, to other people, I would have no friends. That's my older brother. For mm -hmm. a long time, he, very candid. he would say, yeah, just why are you being so fucking stupid right now? <laughs> because if he were doing that, he would say to himself, man, you're being really fucking stupid. He, does, he assumes that everybody's saying that about themselves, mm -hmm. and he, he'll say the same thing. I mean, he called me it until I was like two years old when I was growing up. Like, he regarded me with such an otherness that... Like, it influenced how I saw him, mm -hmm. and seeing punishment being laid on him for the way he behaved taught me, oh, you know, don't, don't do ever that. say anything. Right. I, I feel like there's a parallel to that where I probably treat, I don't know that I ever called Jacob an it, but I don't know, the gender neutrality. Make it play. It, um... 
Yeah, there's home video of that. I'd have to ask. <laughs> I'd have to ask my parents, but I have a feeling that I was pretty shitty to Jacob for a long time. Actually, that's worth noting. Uh, with how I think we're cool now, <laughs> but he wouldn't tell me, right? Like he wouldn't no. tell me if that was the case. I don't. <laughs> would you, you know, tell me, dude? I don't know if I'm cool with Jacob. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right. He didn't let you know that. Um. Yeah, no, but uh, I just thought of that. Home videos, like, how does that affect kids now? Like, being taped all... Back when the dad brought out the camera of just like, man, I feel like messing around, videotape my family. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll watch this next Christmas or something. Or of never. That, or never. <laughs> of that time we had on August 10th, yeah. 1998. Like... They don't sell VHS tapes anymore, so I don't think that works. Well, I recently bought a VHS tape. More recent media is, it's more Snapchat-y. It's like you show people what you're doing right now, and then that's it. That's your memory. Like, your reminiscing comes 30 seconds after the fact, because you're sharing it with somebody else. As opposed to, I do remember watching home videos, but it was usually just because we were transferring it from whatever terrible (laughs) mini cassette it was to the regular cassette. So we were watching it on TV at the same time. Yeah, Yeah. whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my mom, my mom keeps meticulous records, not of video, but of photos. She's part of, yeah, she's been with the Creative Memories Association and a bunch of other ones prior to that. For a long, long, long time, she's got albums, and I mean, she has a bookshelf full of albums from things. And this is, I guess, this would be the telltale sign that we do go on a bunch of trips, because those are theoretically of trips, not just years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, again, my mom, if I needed that history for some reason, my mom has cataloged it right with rose-tinted glasses, of course, because that's the one that that is the probably the strangest dynamic of the new video era where you can just take as much expendable photo and video evidence of what's going on as you want mm-hmm. is that uh, for one thing you can't comb through all of it because it's just too much but you also um it tends to be less curated now than it used to be yeah. and um you know a- anything in anything my mom puts in that photo album is going to be flattering yeah. right well I'm not, that's almost a social media effect you don't post man i had a terrible day look at the picture of my shitty dinner most people post a slightly more like, man, what a great time with my boyfriend. I mean, yes, but it's a little, it's a little less filtered than right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, people are I can a, see that. at least people a get more mad candid. on the internet. <laughs> and and video is inherently less flattering because you don't have complete control over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember having that? I just discussed it with Dylan. I apologize, I didn't turn to you <laughs> for it. But do you remember ever turning to your siblings and asking them for advice in a situation, or, you know? Uh, like with school or with classmates or with anything. Again, my, the memory my siblings are problem again. But. My siblings <clears throat> were so heterogeneous, there's no way for me to do that. I mean, I wouldn't have asked Jacob for advice other than... I, I've asked Jacob for advice on certain things, but they're related to... I'm trying to think of the last time I mentioned it. I, I think potentially related to running, because Jacob was doing triathlons right, yep. during a time <clears throat> when I was considering stopping um, being completely dejected in the exercising realm mm-hmm. and but I didn't ask him all that many questions because even in that even in that realm it just didn't by then for one thing I'm not talking about 15 years ago I'm talking about two years ago we already have an aloof connection to begin with so it's not like I would ask him all that much uh, but in in terms of schoolwork in terms I like my schooling was very different from the person I would expect to ask those things of which was Patrick Patrick mm-hmm was not mathematically inclined. That's why he became... It's a talking man. Yeah, it's why he He's became a talking a, man. A talking man. Um, 
So I couldn't relate to him on that front. I mean, Patrick's Patrick's interests were so absolutely disparate from mine. My my instrument, my hmm. interests. If there was anyone I talked to about virtually everything when he was available, it was my dad. Because, hmm. and I think it is more than slightly fateful that I now literally have the same title my right. dad did before yeah. he retired, which I did <clears throat> not. I mean, I did not expect to be working for the same company my dad used to work for. Mm-hmm. That ended up happening. Uh, and <clears throat> at least part of it, that has to be because I followed in his, uh, not necessarily in his footsteps, but he was the person I went to for guidance. I looked up rather than across mm-hmm. when I was looking for advice. And it's something I still do. I think this actually impacts, I don't it, I have to get an opinion on this. I tend to gravitate, and my sister does this. I know my sister does this. I tend to gravitate toward older people. Yeah. Um, I am perfectly comfortable working in my current uh, work situation Everyone I work with is 50 years old at least. And I don't have a problem with that because I'm, I'm perfectly capable of socializing with people of that age. In fact, I find it much more comfortable mm-hmm. than talking with people of my present, in, in my present generation and even the ones slightly above it. Although I'd say, eh, I guess that's hard to, that's hard to say. I'll, I'll just settle on, I'm okay with Gen Xers. Right. I can talk to them. I have a hell of a time making friends with people who are less than 30 years old. And I don't know, I, I want to unpack that at some point, and that will absolutely need to be its own, co- its own podcast. But there's something about my generation that I don't relate to. Um, <laughs> I complain all the time that I hate millennials, so I can feel like I know where you're coming from. Yeah. The newest batch is worse. <laughs> it always feels worse. Newer and worser than ever. Newer and worser than ever. People who can believe 9-11 conspiracies because they weren't alive yet. I've met people like that. They were 14 years old. And that's going to do it for the actual garbage. But no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a, no, I mean, does, does anyone here bother to... I mean, I know this ties at least a little bit into... I know this ties at least a little bit into the age gap that comes from just being... And just to add it to our tally... Hav, were you in gifted programs? I was. Okay, so yeah, we still get to maintain our five ivory. For five. Yeah, we get to maintain our ivory tower status it's for all problematic guests. Yeah. yeah, and you, I, I know that you have a bone to pick with the way that that impacted the way you went through school, which would be interesting to get into if we had slightly more time. Right. But um. Yeah. No. Um. I don't. I don't talk to people my own age. That's just not a thing, and I think that started in. I think that started from school, and it sort of bled into... No, that doesn't make any sense. It probably went from family to school, mm-hmm. and then school mm-hmm. reinforced it. Um, I, it. You go to... I'm pointing to Hav here. Hav, you go to a lot of places with people your age, and possibly even younger sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard. Yep. Um, do you get along with those people? I do. I get along with them. I tend to be a pretty good person at getting along with other people. I am, like Patrick, a social butterfly. I love people. However, there are definitely moments where I I do feel like the old man in the room. How it's it's just like this young opinion that I hear and it just seems I'm just over it. Like, I... My friend joked once, he's like, yeah, I got a triple shot Moscow Mule before driving home from work today. I'm like, that's not cool, man. You're not impressing anybody. Driving, drinking and driving is dangerous. No matter how you spin it, I don't care that you got home. Like, it's just, there's a slight disconnect between what I'm 
looking for in the people that I talk to. And there's... It, and, and even then, it's not even just people who are younger than me. It is, again, people that are the same age. There are, unfortunately, people in their mid to late 30s who still go clubbing and talk about how trashed they fucking got. Right, so. yeah. And it's it's not something I brag about. Like, you know, some I'll, I'll drink. It's fun every once in a while. But it's definitely something like, oh, man, remember that time we got so... No, it's not like... Yeah. That's not cool. <laughs> I don't understand why don't people even, have this emphasis on it. Yeah, I don't even consider that a story. That's a constant hang-up for me. The dude we got so wasted story is mm-hmm. my least favorite story anybody <laughs> tells, and everybody tells it. Right. Unless something cool happens during it, but then the event that happens... Usually that overrides it. Yeah. yeah, we don't have to talk about how drunk we were. We can just talk about the event that happened. I don't care about the preceding or following moments. It's like this particular. Yeah. Cut to event. the action. Where's yeah. the crash? What's worth talking? How'd you get that black guy? Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter that you were drunk. Yeah, I want to know about the guy you punched and if he punched you back. Like, oh no, it was a car door. <laughs> okay, right. Well, you know that's <laughs> like hey, that's still just as interesting. I want to talk about that. But yeah, I definitely do get along with people. But there are there are certain things that my younger friends say that make me roll my eyes, and there are some things that. Friends that are my age say that again make me roll my eyes. But to to an extent, it's uh, my favorite. The, the way I always describe it when my friends mention that situation is, I just say, I remember college. <laughs> friends like, oh yeah, fell asleep at three o'clock this morning, had to wake up at six for work. I'm like, yeah, I remember college. Look, we did that a couple times. I just I can't do it anymore. It's not worth it. It's not worth the story. It's not worth the the terrible exhaustion afterwards. And it's just like, it's part of the lifestyle. I guess, of, of the college student or, like, fresh out of college student that I think I'm done with. I'll, I'll still party. I'll hang out. You know, I went to Ibar a couple weeks ago because I wanted to feel young or something, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, like that, with your friends, you feel you're above, like, that kind of mentality. With your younger siblings, um, if you see them going through that, where do you feel you either help to influence, help to stop, like, wh- where do you feel seeing the younger, or, or how did they see you when you were going through that? Okay, um, well, <laughs> I can, bouncing off of David's statement earlier, I also have something of a conservative family, given that we are South America, the trend with Spanish and soccer also happens to be Catholic, so we did have a very strict behavioral policy almost, so it wasn't as much... Not politically conservative, just just structurally or yeah. is it actually yeah because there's there is a dichotomy there a lot of catholics are actually politically liberal right yes and that's that's kind of a that's, that's just that's to, an argument for a different time but well, yes, no no, right. no i'm just saying so that the terms don't get muddled what conservative and liberal mean here is slightly different right my, my parents didn't say you know go ahead and try whatever you want just make sure that you you know don't call it like get in get in trouble and burn your hand kind of thing you know my parents weren't about that life my parents were like these are the rules follow them and whether it was fear or sage understanding of what my parents were saying, they were right. So I didn't have the wild and crazy growing up. And so I, I try, it, it, I do feel kind of ashamed sometimes when I talk to my brother about, yeah, I went to this party and I was, you know, a little bit more intoxicated than I would rather. And he always laughs because mm. I think he, I don't think, I've definitely, he's never, definitely never seen me drunk. But it's like. Would you be opposed to him seeing you drunk? I would. I've still, I haven't okay. been with my mother drunk yet. Right. So, like, it's just, it's, it, I don't know, it just feels really shameful. So like I talk about problems. it, and we'll have a laugh at it together, and it's kind of funny. But I think from that perspective, I'm like, yeah, this is what I got from it. Like, I'll tell him, like, yeah, this was a situation. It was kind of odd. Definitely wouldn't want to repeat it in this particular sense. But at the same time, I'm not going to deny him, 
you know, growing up and making the mistakes. I'm going to give you advice. It's like, hey, this might not be the way to go, but if, if you want to try it out, then that's fine. Yeah. I mostly, I, and again, I didn't have to be told. I just, my family's perceptive. <clears throat> we, we just watch really carefully. Mm -hmm. And uh, watching my older brother make the choices he made, I didn't have to be told not to make those choices. <laughs> right. They were very clear that they had... Like uh, you were able to see the repercussions and how you didn't want to have those kind of things. How extreme the repercussions were. Right. And uh, how I wanted nothing to do with them. Mm. Um, My family was... It, it is incredibly ironic... Uh, that I ended up doing exactly what my dad was doing. Because my dad, at least I, I would have to ask him maybe point blank, which I haven't done. I've just inferred it. He tried to keep me away point from doing DIY stuff. He tried to keep me from dealing with the blue-collar nonsense that he spent most of his life either on or off the job dealing with. Because he wanted me, you know, in the interest of some form of land of opportunity, upward mobility. He wanted me to be the scientist. I mm. did this so you shouldn't. Yeah, kind of. he, was, he was trying to set down the path for me to follow. He was trying to set down stepping stones that I then picked back up. <laughs> <laughs> and that point was going somewhere, and I forgot where it was going while I was telling the story. <laughs> because, that happens. Because those experiences have novel and inherent lessons in them to be had. I mean... Knowing the struggle of making a making a bench, making a chair, a table. Well, it just it turned out I liked that a lot more than it would have appeared when I was six. Yeah, and I mean doing that out of necessity versus doing it out of spite. interest, spite, <laughs> spite especially. Right. Um, God, I feel like that's a good topic for some time. Spite. What? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's on the list. Really? Yeah, oh, I think fun. so. Yeah. Stay tuned for part two. We're going to break this in half for the sanity of people who listen to this on the browser so they don't have to try to click through a bar that's supposed to contain two hours of content. See you on the other side.